Hi, everybody. It's Michelle Patterson. I'm so excited to be having this afternoon with you. We are gearing up for Love Fest 2020, which is just right around the corner, May 2nd. And we've got individuals that are being introduced to us every single day that have these beautiful geniuses, these talents, and they just want to share what they're all about. And they want to be able to make sure that anything that they've gone through, um, that they're able to help others and, and help them navigate through any challenges or experiences. And one of those individuals that I've had the opportunity to meet because uh, I was seeking out her genius, is a woman by the name of Brenda Alderman. And let me tell you a little bit about her and why I'm so excited to have her on the show and, and just really to, to talk about the journey that she's been on and, and how she can help in, in, in sharing what, um, what things that we can do as we face fear and, and, and really uh, navigate through life's, life's challenges. Um, Brenda, she's an award-winning actor, a recipient of the Hero of Forgiveness Award, and has been interviewed on NPR and on Fox TV News. She's performed her critically acclaimed one women's show, My Brooklyn Hamlet, about the power of forgiving the unforgivable for over 12,000 people worldwide including women prisoners, youth at risk for domestic violence coalitions, spiritual communities, and the U.S. military. In her online training program, and this is why I had reached out to her because I was very, very interested in what she's doing for training, uh, for her training program, is how to create, promote, and profit with a one-person show, your story made simple, and you on video. Brenda teaches mission-driven solopreneurs how to use their story to heal themselves, inspire others, and be memorable on stage and on video using full creative expression, powerful presence, and life purpose messaging. Brenda is the author of The Forgiveness Guide, and, and this is what, what really um, took me back is the title, My Father Killed My Mother and Married My Aunt. Forgiving the Unforgivable, available, and you can find it as a Kindle book on Amazon. Her book, My Father Killed My Mother and Married My Aunt, Forgiving the Unforgivable, is, um, is a book that's out there, and I went and ordered it last, last night, Brenda. Um, so why don't, we, why don't we start there? Because I don't think you and I, uh, in, in just meeting each other, um, had any idea what we were in store for? <laughs> no, we did not. We met based on, I guess, the video I did about this program I have coming up this weekend, a video virtual weekend uh, retreat, not knowing our personal journeys and where we came from and why we have so much passion for what we do around healing. So that was so fascinating as we were messaging in this crazy time of uncertainty and meeting each other we're like oh my god oh yes that's you know that's what it's really about the connection underneath it so um, I want to I save the, the 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 text messaging that was going on back and forth because my husband was sitting next to me and we had some tv show back background noise and I was I kept saying oh my gosh you know, oh my gosh. I was like that on this end. I was like, oh, God. Yeah. I couldn't stop. It was like, oh my God, I'm totally keeping her up. <laughs> we talked about we talked about getting together and then I thought, you know what? We had a, a change in scheduling and I thought, you know what? Why don't we just do it now? And have you on and rather than go through uh, the conversation and getting to know each other, let's get to know each other on online. Yeah. Let's 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 start with with this is um, because I'm I'm a huge huge proponent of hearing and learning from individuals that have gone through uh, you know life um, and none of us get out of this life unscathed. I mean truly, none of us are are able to navigate through this life without um, really um, loving ourselves you know, loving on each other, 
uh, being hopefully, transparent. Hopefully, hopefully that's what we're doing. Hopefully that's, that's it. Yeah. And, and especially with the path. So, so let's start out with the book. Um, my father killed my mother and married my aunt. And forgiving the unforgivable. Yeah. And, and I think too, that's so important is that that piece right there is forgiving the unforgivable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How well, old were you? How old were you when this happened? It happened in 1995, so I was an adult. Um, and I had just actually moved away from New York to California. I had gotten engaged, but I was very codependent with my parents. I was trying to, like, be everything to them that they wouldn't be for each other. They were married for 30 years, almost kind of in a really unhealthy triangulation. Like, I was almost like the the uh, husband to my mother and the wife to my father, like, because they'd be so happy around me. And, um, and so I was starting to take the step of moving away and having my own life when 10 months later, my father shot and killed my mother. And, uh, you know, it was just really devastating. It was that moment, whether it's, you know, everyone lives through different things where the floor fell out from under me and I had no family and this family that I was so codependent with. And, you know, granted now now that uh not not knowing that my mom would die so young when I was so young and uh I'm glad in some ways we were codependent because we were also very loving and the thing about my father is growing up I was daddy's little girl I was I didn't know about his narcissist tendencies I didn't know about all these other things they were only things that I looked into afterwards so it was a devastating loss to lose my family in that one night and then it was about mm, at least a year or so after that, that I started realizing that continuing to want to live in the past and change the past and change that moment was not going to happen. It was like, I finally was like, oh God, this is causing me more grief. It's causing me more depression. And um, there was something a friend of mine said, I I started going back to acting class hiding behind the characters I would play, you know, still not speaking about my life. And we were at dinner one time after class and he said, you know, um, if you kill yourself, you're not going to be with your mother. And I think I had a moment of realizing, oh my God, I'm saying this out loud, (laughs) not just in my head and realizing, oh yeah, maybe I won't be with her. And that was enough for me to make a shift and be like, you know what? My mother would want me to have a good life. She'd want me to be happy again. And that's kind of where my motivation came from to start healing. And recognizing what she would want for you. Yeah. 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 That was definitely a wake up call. I've had friends who've lost, you know, a child and, the husband and wife, I mean, it's, you know, the divorce rate is off the charts when it comes to that. And they sat down with each other and said, okay, you know, nobody's checking themselves out. You know, we either are doing this together or we're not, you know, but let's talk about this. And I think for you as the child where you don't have anybody to go to, um, you know, how, how, I mean, I don't, I, you know, they say that, you know, God only gives you, you know, what you can handle. Yeah. And sometimes you hear that and you're just oh, like. Like a joke. Um, yeah. Like, can you just here's, like, here's stop talking? Happened. Yeah. Here's what happened. It was only in hindsight that I saw how my life was, my life was preparing me for this. So um, my mother read Shakespeare to me from the time I was a little girl as a bedtime story. Mm. I studied Shakespeare in uh, in my 20s. I studied Shakespeare in New York and in London, and um, and he and I was an actress. And all of a sudden, as I started to write my show, write my story, it wasn't going to be a show because I was way too full of shame right then. I, I hadn't done my inner work, but as I was putting my story on stage, I realized that. Hamlet, I I was realizing that Shakespeare's Hamlet went through something like I did. So even Mm -hmm. though I didn't know anyone in the world who did, that gave me solace, like knowing that somewhere in literature, someone must have lived through what I did, because in Hamlet, his father is killed by his uncle, and then his uncle married his mother. My father killed my mother and then married my aunt, my mother's sister. And so as my storytelling evolved, I started sharing monologues 
from Shakespeare's Hamlet where the, the, the emotions are too much where someone who could sing, nobody would ever want to sing, hear me sing. Uh, I would, um, instead <laughs> of singing, I would break into a, a, a monologue from Hamlet, which I knew how to do because I'd been studying Shakespeare for so long. I watched your videos last night too. I mean, again, this conversation, it started out as just a simple me Facebook post. And then it just, it was like this beautiful friendship. Yeah, that, that came out of it. And it was like, are you, you know, like, you're a rock star. What? You're a light. You're a rock star. <laughs> you know, it was so fascinating. And I, I, I just, I felt so, um, you know, just moved on your share. And that's what the real share is all about is just being able to share what you've been through. Well, and that's what happened for me, because I was like, let me check her out. I need a video program. I'm like, oh, but look what she does. Look at the depth of this sharing. And I was so like, that's what it was happening for both of us on each side of the computer. <laughs> well, I really appreciated, too, because you were super, you know, just kind and said, you know, you, you're doing this amazing job. And, and when somebody is so passionate, I mean, they truly are showing up in love, you can spot it a mile away. I mean, I could, I could feel your passion, you know, for how you're showing up and, and really teaching, you know, the world, you know, how to, how to get through, you know, what you went through and thrive. Yeah, what I want to say with the forgiveness is that the forgiveness did not come right away. Oh, no, okay. it did not. It was, uh, it was before I had done any inner work. So I had been an actress. So I had done, I mean, as far as the acting, how that helped me, it's like just being in the present moment, expressing my feelings. Um, but I was not forgiving. I didn't even know what forgiveness was. I didn't know what healthy boundary was, all these things I teach nowadays, but it was this moment. So I got a master's degree in spiritual psychology, and that was where I learned all these techniques that I applied to myself and now I coach with. But, um, I went through a two-year program and it was experiential and I started to learn what a healthy boundary was. And I started to learn the concept of forgiveness and self-forgiveness. And it was there that I learned that first I thought forgiveness was, oh, I need to have my dad in my life and I need to see him more. And then I was like, wait, he shows no remorse. He takes no responsibility. Why would I have him in my life? And then it was this moment after I graduated that program that I was taking a foundations class at Agape in Los Angeles. Yep. Um, In fact, that's our music that we're going to be listening to on the way out. With Ricky, Ricky. Song. I was like, I they performed. Michael and Ricky Beckwith were at my conference uh, a couple times. Wonderful. Yes, we're at the California Woods Conference. I used to go there, and I actually was I was the talent at a conference where he was the uh, the keynote uh, years ago in Sedona, and it was so amazing to be on a panel there with he and Ricky back then. You know, after having gotten into New Thought Ancient Wisdom by being at uh, by being at Agape, but it was in the Foundations class way back before the Secrets, so he was still teaching Foundations, that we did this final project, and this poem came out where I um, I realized that my father and I were one, and that if I hated him, then I hated mm. a part of myself, and I don't want to do that to myself anymore, and so. Yeah, I think there's a let's let's take pause in that because I think that is so powerful for so many people right now that, you know, my dad would say it to me, he goes, you know, Minnie, he called me Minnie Fesses, and he would say, Minnie, don't let them rent space, you know, in your head for free. Yeah. Don't let them rent space in your head for free. And, and that's what unforgiveness does. It's, it bonds you to the other people. And when I really got to my like the core of my being that if I'm hating my father I'm hating a part of myself. I was dedicated to um, to let go of that. And I remember taking a hat of my dad's that I had, a fedora hat that, he, that was one of his. And I went to the top of a mountain in Los Angeles, and I said a prayer of release. I seriously felt mm. people by my side. I, I have this in my one-woman show on stage, this ceremony. And then I threw the hat over the mountainside, and it felt like – just all this tension and anger just released with it. That's why ceremony is pretty important because, you know, oftentimes when someone leaves, a little bit abandoned by parents, there's no ceremony to kind of complete. So, but it's been a never ending, a never ending process. Then it was 
really learning to not only let him go, but to to feel into my, my compassion for him so that when I thought about him I didn't wreck my day and I could really wish him well and, and I did end up taking him to court for wrongful death after he got out of prison so I very much believe in forgiveness and setting boundaries but when I took him to prison I applied every technique I learned in in that school and everything I had learned and I did it from a place of self-love and self-honor versus I hate him I you know there's going to be justice it's been a well, and, and, and even bringing up too is this you know and then marrying your aunt's no, like you really can't write this stuff. <gasps> there are times where you're just like, okay, this is unbelievable, and, no, and being able to sort this. That time led me to being in a massive depression. That was those first few years, and um, you know, in doing my ages, I play like. 12 characters, I play my father, that was another healing tool for me because it's one thing to write out things. It's another thing, like as an actor, if you want to be a good actor, you can't play yourself as a villain. So in in some strange way, playing my father on stage, and I play him truthfully, but playing him on stage, I got into having another layer of of um, of healing. And with him marrying my aunt, oh yeah, that was a hard one. Um, it was a hard one, especially because because I didn't, for me, I didn't love my aunt like I loved my father. So I was dedicated to letting go of my anger toward him. And it was only after she died a couple of years ago that I had a full forgiveness. And I was like, I'm teaching this and yet I still compartmentalize. And so that's why it's so important for me to, to um, share about how if you, if you compartmentalizing doesn't really heal you, someone else in your life will show up like that person or um, you know, we get sick or we isolate or we get depressed because we still have this energy that's stuck. And, and that stuck energy, I, I, I think your comment about compartmentalizing is so right on point because we think that, okay, we're just going to put it over there. We're going to stuff it. We're going to lock it in this box. We're not going to dress it. You know, I'm stronger. I'm not going to even let it just come into my sphere you know, of, of influence. I'm going to protect my internal playground and in doing so and showing up with that anger and hate and frustration, all it does, it's like a boomerang. It just bounces right back onto you. Yeah. It kind of makes, uh, in my experience, it make, made my joy really small. Mm -hmm. um, it also, well, in the beginning, when I think about my anger or trying to protect myself, it protected myself from everybody, even the, you know, kind people, because I was keeping people out. And so I did a lot of inner child work and like really parenting myself, being the father to myself that I wanted from him and I would never get, you know. And you performed that in front of 10,000 people. I mean, I can only imagine. So you said the name, the number of characters, and I, I've got a, a good friend, Ted McGrath. He oh. does also show uh, as well. And I've, I've seen him perform and I would love, do you, are you still doing that show? I am, except that we're in quarantine. Uh, <laughs> the last year and a half before this, uh, the year before, I was actually doing a 35 minute version of my 60 minute uh, show with two other women. We, we were called Divas in Danger. Someone who runs a storytelling event in Long Beach put it together after seeing our shows and we toured, we did a South Southwest tour. We went to Mexico. We performed in Torrance. So we, so we were performing for like a year and a half. It was amazing. And that was a Divas in Danger, Escape, Betrayal, and Budget Plastic Surgery. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, though. And I, I love how, how you know, it, and that's why I think we connected so quickly um, last night. I mean, this is the first time that we've actually had a conversation. <laughs> you know, and I've been having, you know, people that have worked with me and and over the years, and and this is special because it's it's like going to camp together, um, <laughs> where when you go through adversity and you go through something just horrific, um, and you're given news, and to be able to take that and turn it around to the point that not only are you helping yourself heal, but you are able to help others heal. You know, and I'm, I'm looking at this. I mean, I've got friends who it's popping on um, who are going through some really tough times right now, whether it's a divorce, um, 
I've got another friend who was uh, recently diagnosed uh, with stage three cancer. And I mean, it's every single day. And it's an opportunity for us to really love ourselves. Yes. And to really just say, you know what, I'm going to show up for myself and I'm going to go after it. And I'm going to find out, you know, what, what is it that I need to heal? Yeah, that's exactly it. It's so much about self-love, like pouring that love into ourselves. Because I find that like, even with, you know, being angry at my father or angry at, you know, like self-righteous and stuff like that, it's, it always turns back to like, why couldn't I have saved my mother? Or why didn't I see this coming? Or how could this happen? And I find some people don't want to look at those things because then they go in the spiral of beating themselves up more, whereas that's really a call for more self-love. It really is. It's like after the initial, like, like if I was mad at, you know, not speaking up to my aunt in a certain way, with the consciousness I have now, I would have, like, had not so much time beating myself up about that or something and I would have went into okay self-love caring for my inner child and things like that you know we're doing the best we can yeah and and it's interesting that the comment that you had is um, early when we first started the conversation you said you know I had this people pleaser mindset and I would go in and really wanted to be that mediator that people pleaser between your mom and your dad Mm -hmm. did you have did you have siblings yeah I had I have one brother and um he's my half brother so it wasn't his father who killed our mother it was my father I'm younger and um, it caused a lot of strife for us we actually didn't speak for about six years um, and we're reconciled since we actually reconciled with me taking my dad to court for wrongful death because like he could see it right away that my father was guilty and I just emotionally was like I was daddy's little girl even though I was an adult and I just couldn't see it so in essence I lost my whole family that one night um so yeah, it's you know it's it was a hard road traveled for sure. Do you do you find yourself um, do you find yourself at times still grieving and just giving yourself space? It's like I want to cry about it. I want to or do you is you know, that I, gone? Is you that- have to understand one of the best things. It's why I teach how to create your own show. It's so healing for the people doing because I have performed my show for over twelve thousand people on stages all over. I have worked out my stuff. I feel like, I feel like, like, it seems, I mean, I'm in just experiencing this conversation. Um, it feels that way. I mean, you, 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 you come to this conversation with so much love. That's how I feel when, when I'm just talking with you and, and, and I felt it definitely last night when we were going back and forth, it was like, I got you. (laughs) <laughs> I got I'll, you. But I'll tell you something. It is good to always have a beginner's mind because I have, you know, I had the two-year master's program. I'm a, pre- a trained prayer chaplain for Unity Church. I've done shamanic journeys. I've done everything. I teach this. And yet I was doing my show in Mexico last year. And this was, okay. So you think, I think, I definitely have forgiven my father completely. But about a year and a half ago, it was Mother's Day. It was Father's Day. And a friend of mine was going to, uh, could offered to take me target shooting and I hadn't shot a gun because I used to shoot guns and I had never shot in a gun shot a gun since my father killed my mother and I just intuitively was like I want to go target shooting so I went target shooting with him and have you ever gone target shooting yes yeah so you know, they, they have the bullseye but they also have these like caricature big guys that you can shoot which right. is kind of like my dad was right so I I'm a good shot I took the you know it was, it was kind of emotional for me I took the, the target sheet home and I had it in one of my rooms and I just felt stuck energy like for a month there was really stuck energy and one day I was like I think it was in December I was like I feel like I have to do a fire ceremony around those target sheets so I did a fire ceremony release I healed something literally like Three months, uh, three weeks later, I'm on stage in Mexico, and I've done the show so many times. I am a good actress, so I'm in the moment, but I pretty much do the same things, you know, the same way if I'm at a certain portion of the show. So I'm at the place where I'm like, what happened? What happened? What happened? You know, and I usually do kind of angry, and I broke down sobbing, Mm. like sobbing to the point where it was the sadness that's 
was behind this anger I'd held for all these years. And if I wasn't such a trained actress and hadn't done the spiritual psychology, I would have sobbed and just sat on that stage. It was that palpable. And I did the rest of the show through those sobs, but it really brought me back to 1995 when I was going, like every year listeners, like you're going through life, but all you want to do is sob. And it was one of the most intense, amazing performances mm. at the end for me and for the audience. But then at the end, I was like, this is difficult. I don't want to do this every day. And then I looked in my script and I, and I was like, the answer's right here because about, I don't know, a month after my mom died or something like that, I had a direct experience with God, spirit, whatever it is. It was like source was there. And always, all these years doing my show, 15 years, I always talked about it. I didn't act it. And so the next night I acted that experience for the audience. And that was all it needed to like move the energy to someplace else. So I forgave my dad. And yet here it was 23 years later. And I had a whole complete another level of healing. And this sadness was able to come through that was hidden behind anger. Mm. And I didn't even know I had because it was something I did on stage. So, yeah, it's it's an interesting process. And, and, and that, that, just stuck energy. It's um, you talked about a fire ceremony. Um, I had a Dr. Habib. He made the comment to me uh, years ago, and he just said, "You know, Michelle, write out, you know, what you're upset with, and spend 12 minutes. You know, literally, just write anything. I mean, it could be, you know, f you. It could be. I mean, whatever you want to be putting down on paper, and then burn it." And then actually do that on three separate times. And I, I felt so much um, strength from, from doing that, is just going through that ceremony. And, and could you imagine, because this is what I teach my clients who are also storytellers, could you imagine being like, I effing hate you. Like you get it out completely at the next level. And that's the next stage of it. Well, and, and there's another comment that I had uh, besides this conversation, and uh, it was uh, a gentleman who does magnet therapy, and he said, you know, Michelle, go to the beach, go off by yourself, just, you know, don't have anybody around, and it, he goes, I want you to just yell as loud as you can. So important. Scream it, yell it, um, don't care who's walking by, okay. and I, and you know, full disclosure, I haven't done that yet. And he said that to me three months ago. I have not done that. It's hard to get to that place. It literally took me years to get to the place where I could express my anger because we are brought up, I feel like, especially as women, to be the good girl. I really do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Even my two-year master's program, I did a lot of healing work. It was only when I went to an anger workshop that was in person, the person's retired, unfortunately, I still couldn't get toward the real, like, release of the anger in this way. And then all of a sudden, I saw the other people in the workshop, like, you know, beating their pataka, like, doing their stuff, and, and it finally came out, and it was like a primal scream came out of me, and I was like, wow, and something really healed. So, yeah, do that exercise. It's so important to, to release the rest, and just, it's like for everyone, listen, like, giving yourself permission to be bigger than you ever thought, you know? And, and I, I mean, I, I, I want to just yell that with you. It's like, ah! Exactly. Like, right? And, and it's interesting, this, this, this whole mindset of going through, you know, uh, stage four breast cancer when, um, you know, and, and I've done so much work. I mean, every single day of really peeling back the layers of this breast cancer and and recognizing it for what it is and it's you know it's this trauma and and stuffed resentment and being that people pleaser you know ever since I was a little kid you know it was my job to keep my family together you know when they were going through problems it was my job and so I could see you know how anybody you know on the planet could be like I I did not keep my mother safe my father killed my mother and you know and oh, recognizing oh, oh this- you know how I felt and I had to do this I did something called the healing of memories with us I have part of it a, a scene of it in my show but not the healed part 
is I felt guilty because I was that people pleaser. I wanted them to stay together. And I had a memory of when I was like, this is in the show, when I was like, I don't know, three to five, something like that. And my parents were fighting and my mother wanted my father to get out. And I was like, but I don't want my mother to leave, you know? (gasps) And so he stayed. And then unconsciously, I felt guilty as if when I was a little girl, I made it so that they stayed together so that, you know, 25 years later, he killed her. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. When we actually go down and do the work and are like, oh, so then I did a healing of memories, which I learned in my master's where I went back and I was like, okay, so there I was in my room. And my dad came and asked me to tell my mom to let him stay. And I was so upset. And I went down the stairs and I told him to stay. But in my memory, I could change it where I said to him, no, I'm just a little girl. You guys talk, you know. And I changed the way I hold it. And it healed something in me. Even though obviously we know what happened or whatever, you know, that's the past. I changed the way I hold it. So I never long no longer have it like I'm guilty or I did anything. So. You did something wrong. Yeah, or that yeah. I'm the reason they stayed together, which of course is ridiculous because adults make their own decisions. But right. I had to heal that because before I healed that, I was not like attracting good people into my life. Like I didn't feel worthy. There's so many layers to this. And that's why I get excited about teaching and talking about it, you know, coaching about it because uh if we're just, you know, if we can hold for the emotions that come up also for our clients and stuff like that, knowing it's okay, the healing's on the other side of that. I think because I've gone so dark, <laughs> I know I know that our resistance is like, no, I'm not going to go there. But the, the healing's like right on the other side of it, you know? I, uh, and I said this to you last night, you know, I was amazed. We had 18,000 men and women sign up to be a speaker so for nice. the conference. I and can't find out more. Yes. Isn't mm-hmm. that, you know, it it, 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 it really, really shocked me because it, it let me know how many people are on the planet that want so much to share uh, what they know. They yeah. want so much to share um, that you can forgive yourself. You can forgive you know, your dad, you can forget I me. Mean, you, and, and I just, I felt this overwhelming sense of wanting to create a platform, wanting to create a stage so that we could come together, you know, and experience the real share where we weren't showing up in shame. We weren't yeah. judging each other. We weren't, I mean, it's, it's like the shit has already hit the fan. Yep. You know, it's like, when are we going to come together and recognize that our duty, our job in loving ourselves is to get to the bottom of what, what we need. We're the only people on the planet, you know, that's inside us, that's inside our body that can communicate what we need and to truly love on ourselves. I know we believe, you know, we deserve, we deserve to have what we, we deserve need. it. And it's really hard to feel that way. If you're filled with shame, shame was a big one for me. I had, so, I felt damaged because of what happened with my family. So it was something I really had to look at. And uh, it's why I share my story all the time, except in the video yesterday, because in my video teaching, I usually don't talk about that. My storytelling I do, my, you know, forgiveness coaching, um, I share it far and wide, because I know that when I share this, even though the person listening hasn't lived through the same thing, most likely they live through something that they've been ashamed to share, and they don't realize that they can, and, and that you'll be welcomed with open arms, and if someone judges you, it's about them. It's not about you. It's about them not healing their their own stuff. I'm amazed at how many people don't um, that doesn't really resonate with them. Like they they push it away. They don't want to um, think about that. They don't want to accept that. And and I mean, especially in going through this last year with the diagnosis and you know being told I have 90 days to live. How many people, um, you know, really um, bring that internally inside um, and, and look at their response and how are they going to show up to their, you know, livelihood. And, and um, it's, it's, you know, it just, it baffles me because it's something that's so easy to say is, you know, love yourself, believe in yourself. You know, you're the only one that could really stand up for yourself. 
Um, and and I, I went through that with, with um, being told again, 90 days. It was this mindset. I didn't want to get to the pearly gates and, you know, look God in the face and say, I did not do everything in my power to keep myself on the planet. Right. You know, I, I, um, I believe that when we go through trauma and we go through emotions and we go through pain and suffering, um, that if we don't work through that, it does go into your body, calcifies and turns into dis-ease. Yeah. Yeah. And whether that's physically or emotionally, it, it does. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if we don't work through that, and, and, and that's why for me, I'm so compelled to create stages uh, for individuals um, that want to be able to share, you know, so that they can release this. And, and in doing so, they'll help other people. I have something interesting to say about that. I think it's interesting. I, <laughs> I, I did everything wrong because I do believe that. I believe yeah. you have to share. But I feel like I, I, I didn't do everything wrong, but I did a lot wrong because when I started sharing, I hadn't done the inner work. And so what would happen was, and this is what I teach my clients, I teach them how to craft their stories, share their stories, but also really take care of their inner child at the same time. Because I started, I was an actress, right? So it was natural for me that, that, that became natural for me to be the, the way that I would share my story on stage. And, and I, you know, do comedy part of my show. It's very funny in the beginning, believe it or not, with this topic. uh, (laughs) It's really funny. You know what? I love that though, too, because I think, you know, if we make it light, I mean, we're talking about something that every single human is going to experience. We all are going to experience Uh, taxes, death and taxes. Yeah. Yeah. Why can't we talk about it? Well, what happened though, for me is I would go, people would laugh, people would cry at the theater, and then I would go home and be absolutely miserable and lonely. And what a lot of people do is they share sometimes before it's like it's too soon. They don't have the inner tools, so they run the other way. People do this with book writing all the time, too. They start writing, and then it gets too real, and they they go the other direction. They don't even know why they're not finishing. I wouldn't take it back because part of my healing was getting on stage and getting into those characters, but I took like two years off because I was like, I'm not going to do that if I feel bad. And so what I do in my process is I teach the inner tools. And the other thing is if I'm not healed, I can drain the audience Mm. or I can drain myself. And so the technique I teach, which is kind of unusual just because of the depth of what I've lived through and all the experience on stages is um, to be the best storyteller. You have to go to all those places and you have to commit to them and you can't really commit as an actor. Like for example, the very first time I put the show on, which was a long time ago, I had not really dealt with my feelings toward my dad, the love hate toward him. He was Mm. alive. And I definitely, you know, wanted to share that. Did I he ever see your show? No, no. no. He, was, he was in New York. Um, when I put up in LA, he did know I was doing a show. Um, and I, uh, I, uh, in the show, I talk about wanting to kill myself. But the very first version I did it, I had this little bit, a lot of actors have this of, da, 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 okay, let's get to the next point and, and make it okay for you instead of really going to the place and letting people activate themselves and then go to the next place and so as the years went by and I took the two years off finished my master's degree in spiritual psychology and did all the work I realized that it's my job to actually go all the way there and then go to the next place and not have to be la 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 everything's okay because I do design my show and, and all my clients to have an uplifting piece or difference at the end but you don't want to jump there you don't want to play the end you don't want to like you just want to be real. And so here's the thing. If I'm jumping and I'm not landing on those moments, I'm stuck, which means the audience is stuck. Mm. Good acting. And so it's really, it's, it's quite a process, but I've been now teaching other storytellers for like the last five years and I've been producing short, small showcases the last year. And so I'm getting to see what it's like healing they're healing and they're sharing these stories and seeing how amazing it is you know and being okay with when people are in the middle of their stuff and they still have work to do you know it's, it's, it's and that's definitely your genius I mean you I can feel it and just it lights you up I yeah. mean we didn't even talk about any of this 
and and here we were talking about this the training and these tools that you use and helping individuals tell their story and and my whole thing was i i feel so blessed to be able to really help women uh own their wellness and our wellness providers you know who are 93% of the decision maker and 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 you tell your story you know and 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 work through that and so when we were talking last night it was just it was it was it was fascinating for me to um experience uh you being a teacher and just showing these these skills so i'd love to talk about too just you know you have a masters in spiritual psychology and using these inner tools but what are some things that folks uh that are listening in that are part of our community um and so you've got individuals from California Women's Conference uh that are that are part of this call right and and uh and, and excited again to be working with you and but what are some things that you can tell them that they can go off and they can practice uh doing oh well here's a great thing if there are people who are telling their stories too um it would be great to have like two notebooks and you have, let me think, how do I want to do this? Uh, let me, okay. Let me tell you about an exercise that really helps with releasing anger in a healthy way. Cause I give it to all of my clients, but I do it a special way for the people who are telling their stories too. So it's, and I mean, people have probably heard variations of this, but it's, it's freeform writing, which is different from journal writing. Journal writing, yes, you can get things out and you can reread it. With freeform writing, you are never rereading it because you are actually um, letting go of all the negative, uh, negative emotions. You're putting them on the page, and if you read it again, you're anchoring it back in. So this was a huge thing for me to let go of my father. So those things you were talking about writing, I hate you. Yeah. I was doing that, but if you read it again, you anchor it back into you, and it really works to just let it go. And at that school, they would tell They students, even suggested burning it. I mean, yeah, and burn, you know, you burn it, and you burn, you burn it. it, and you don't even have it in your space. Like, literally that night, you take it out of your space, but they would tell us to do it for 30 days in a row, and I probably did, like, four months of that, at least in one sitting because of my father uh but of course over and over where you just i mean so how long we were getting graded so we really did the work um to get your master's in psychology this is this is how you do it it's no less than 15 minutes no more than two hours no less than 15 minutes because you're just putting pen to page and uh you might be writing you know your laundry list or what you have to do later but usually by 15 minutes something real comes out and then no more than two hours a day because then you can be indulging and it's not about indulging in your emotions about it's about moving them through and then the way i would do it and the way i tell my clients to do it is you um you know make sure you have time alone you um you know thank yourself for doing this for yourself and you you can write a question at the top like why am i upset about this literally labeling anger a if anger comes up b is brenda inner coach let's say i see um or inner guide you want to have your inner guide there too because here's the thing if i say why am i still angry about my aunt and then my anger comes out and my and first person present tense i am feeling uh my throat is really tense and I am so angry at you for not speaking up. It's not about like you ever beating yourself up. So then at that point, my inner guide comes in and can hear that anger, not me, Brenda. It's not about beating me up for what I did or didn't do. So the inner guide would come in, you know, it's your inner guide and not your ego because the inner guide is, is just present open it's not trying to fix it's like saying things like i hear you you're so precious it's not directing anything or making excuses or justifying um and if other like i might come in and say um well maybe i should do this maybe like that's not the inner guide so you want to have the inner guide in there but then you can also come in and dialogue with that anger as well and then um and then at the end of the session, and, and you do this free form. You don't have to stay with the anger. You can be asking your inner guide questions as you, as the adult, your inner child might come in, right? Um, but it's about loving, having the intention of loving. And then at the end of it, you give thanks for being there. And then you set it on fire. You, you know, cut it up and you get it out of the house. And it is amazing how that works. But how is I, what I do for my 
actors and my writers is I have them have two journals. So if they're writing something, because I'm sure at least one of my poems came out in one of those writings, if you have a poem come out that you're like, oh, I might be able to use this, you have a highlighter. And in that, in that page, you just highlight it right after you write it, just highlight it, keep going. And then at the very end, you go in, you do not read anything around it. You might even cut out what's in the, what's highlighted or just copy it to the other journals so that you have the artistic stuff because there's some juice in that artist, you know, in that emotion. So anyway, that's how I keep that. I, I absolutely love this. And I know that we have um, more questions um, and something I was doing, I would just want to share with you. Uh, I'm so excited to know you and oh, go you. on this journey with you. Yeah, I'm like, okay, she's fun. Uh, but what a beautiful, beautiful soul. Um, I was on the phone uh, this morning with my girlfriend, Missy Bystrom, who jumps on here all the time. And, and we were talking about forgiveness. And I was telling her about you and how you were coming on. And we were talking about, um, you know, just the, 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 the practice that I do is just, you know, it's, it's asking Holy Spirit, you know, I forgive myself, you know, Holy Spirit, um, you know, please help me uh, in, in, in just being kind to myself. And, and what I was finding was I just wanted to have everything figured out and I want to have everything. And I'm, you know, and it's, it, it's a form of abuse, <laughs> you know, really, it's self-abuse. But, and, but wait, and, sometimes I feel like, and I don't know how you grew up, I don't know how your parents were, how your family was, but I find sometimes for me growing up in a crazy household that I was always trying to have things figured out because if I could just figure things out, then things would be okay, you know, so it's like a survival skill that we learned when we were younger and needed it, but we don't need it now. I don't know if that's... Oh my gosh, it makes complete sense to the point and, and you could start to see it definitely in my girlfriend's um, and I, where maybe they're the oldest, uh, both my parents were the oldest, you know, in their family and, and felt this, you know, need, I mean, you're the protector, you are showing up, you're taking care of your family. Um, yeah, or you're thought, the normal one, do you think you're taking care of them? Or, or you think you're the normal <laughs> one. You, I mean, normal. The you know, it's talent. like, <laughs> right? And we all have these triggers and we all have these stories, you know, that we, we create, and then what, what you said earlier, which really resonated, is these stories that we continuously play to over and over until we get to a point where it's like enough, you know, forgive yourself, love on yourself. Yeah. And, and that's how the healing happens. And, and I, I learned that this last year. It was in order for me to heal through stage four breast cancer. Um, I needed to love the bleep out of myself. Yeah. And, and what I found was that I was the bully, you know, for me, you know, on my playground. I was yeah. very, very loving to others. Um, you know, at least I tried to be. Um, but when I got to that last, you know, point of just being agitated, I would, you know, burst. And, and I wasn't so loving. Right. It was just this, this pendulum that went, 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 went by. Yeah, that's so interesting what you say, because I also have been looking a lot at this myself. It's um, those of us who are empaths who tend to, I'll just say my belief, not everyone has to believe me or agree with me, that we either grow up identifying as the victim or the bully. I identified more mm. as the victim because my mother was the victim, and victims can feel like we're good people. Whereas bullies actually usually don't think they're, I don't think they think they're good people, but they, um, but here's the thing. We can judge bullies as wrong. And as a victim, we can still feel good about ourselves. But what I had to do this work on myself that was like, because of something that happened with my ex. And um, I realized, where am I a bully? Because we're integrated. And I was like, oh, I'm a bully when I close my heart down because I don't like how someone is treating me or what they're saying. I am just like, that's it. And that that's bully behavior. But most yeah. people, I'll speak for myself, that identify as the victim, I'm like, if, if we're not conscious, it's like, I'm the good person. I'm the sweet person. I'm the person who does yeah. the right thing. And it was so healing for me to actually, because I was so disassociated with the bully because I judged it as so bad. It was so healthy 
like I really resisted it. That's how I knew there was something going on. There's something there. Yeah. yeah. I, I actually did what I would normally do with inner child work. I did it with my inner bully. This was like seven, no, like 10, 12 years ago. And it was so healing for my relationship at the time. It was so healing for myself to understand that I can not only be a bully to someone, it's, it's so healed my relationships, but where am I a bully to myself? Yeah. Well, one of the things that my husband said to me when we were sitting on the lake and it was Thursday, I was diagnosed on Tuesday. My daughter had just got home and we had a whole bunch of stuff that was happening. And he was reading Jordan Peterson's book and chapter two, the title was treating like somebody you're responsible for taking care of. And he said that to me and I thought that was the strangest comment and when I had the diagnosis on that Tuesday, that was the first thing that came up for me was this is my opportunity to treat myself like somebody I'm responsible for. And I thought, you know what? I don't want to get to the pearly gates. I don't want to show up and, you know, look God in the face and say, you know what? I didn't do everything that I possibly could. You know, I showed up in fear instead yeah. of love for myself. I just had an aha moment because I realized I've been doing that. I've been like, I want to feel joy again. That's what led me to like my whole path is I, I didn't know I was going to be a coach. I was like, I want to feel joy again. So what did I do? I create, I started speaking my story on stage. I started studying at Agape. I got my, I wanted joy, but that's what it was. It was unconsciously like, I'm going to do everything I can to feel better. That's what it was. Well, and, and, and you look at it too. I mean, Cynthia Kersey, uh, we had David Meltzer on, and this is, this has been a theme is, you know, as, as we have, I tell people for the show, you know, if you're feeling despair, if you're feeling alone, you know, loneliness as an all time high right now. Oh, I, I mean, can't, I mean, it's, you know, like, and, and this is before the virus. Oh, and oh. so, yeah, this is before, you know, wow. they named a loneliness ambassador out of London. And so my whole thing is, hey, you know, if we wow. come together and we can have conversations like this and we cannot label ourselves as the victim, yeah. you know, or the bully, but, but, but truly show up and say, you know what, this is my playground and my, I'm responsible for my inner, inner playground and creating peace. And my number one job on the planet, and I believe this wholeheartedly, you know, in order for me to heal, my number one job is for me to create joy in my life. And that's what I was struck by with the videos I was watching before I even knew about your diagnosis. I'm like, oh, my God, she's so happy. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, it, of course, it drew me in, especially at this time right now. Yeah. Like, this is so cool. It's important. It's so important. Well, and, 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 and thank you for saying that because it's been something that I've worked at. Um, we've got uh, individuals, and, and here's a great example, and I, I, um, I want to go ahead and introduce um, Anne Peloso um, to the conversation because she's been doing something extremely um, just of service. You know, when you're, when you're constantly, you know, being of service, you, um, that's when you're in joy. That's when you do feel like you are. So I'm going to go ahead and unmute, unmute her, and and also just say thank you. You're you're you guys are all going to end up being you know really good friends. My my girlfriends are like you have the coolest people in your life, and and I say you know that's because I have boundaries. You know this is my playground, and this is how I want to operate. You know the Patterson playground, and I um, am happy to be part of your playground, but let's, let's get real. And so, Anne, do you want to share, um, and I'd love to have your video go as well and introduce you to Brenda, but, oh, there you go. There you go. So, uh, so I'm introducing the two of you guys and Anne's one of my dear friends who is constantly being of service and, and just helping out, but share with Brenda and I and everybody, what you've been up to, because I, I think it's just amazing. Okay, so about a week ago, uh, my girlfriend, Rebecca, who I know from junior high school, uh, she's making masks um, just out of fabric, and she has um, like 100 different fabrics. She does all sorts of kind of, of sewing. And so she's making these masks, and I guess she was making them for friends and uh, family, 
and I asked her if she wanted some more orders, and she said, literally, she said, bring it. So I brought it. <laughs> I put it on Facebook, and um, as of yesterday, we had, like, I want to say 300 orders on my end, and she's taken probably 200 orders on her end. So we're selling them for six bucks. It's not like it's a big money maker, but it's enough to cover, you know, the electricity and the fabric and everything. And um, we're shipping them out. Wow. That's wonderful. Well, isn't that great though? It's like something comes up and, and, and that's one of the things that's happening with the real share mm-hmm. is it's, it's like these mama bears, these papa bears, these like divine goddesses <laughs> that are showing up and saying, okay, what do you need? What's your genius? You know, how can I be of service? How can yes. I support you? Let's play together. It's way more fun. And and let's have a blast. And you know what? When when that happens, I mean, for me, um, and I am rocking this healing thing. Uh, and, and I'm coming up on a year mark. And I'm feeling better than I've ever felt. Um, yeah. And uh, so the gift that I'm giving myself for my 50th birthday, which is happening in Love Fest 2020, <laughs> awesome. is this birthday gift of just feeling, feeling whole, feeling totally loved, um, and, and just being able to be this light and, and support girlfriends, you know, like myself, like Anne, um, so that we could spread the word and pull in girlfriends like Brenda, who can share, you know, how they've navigated through rough, rough waters and how they got to the other side. Because when all of us do this collectively together, I mean, we all, we all rise. We all get through this, and it's fun. It's absolutely a good, good time. I think it's it's really important what you're doing. Well, uh, first of all, thank you, Anne. That is really a service, what you're doing. And I think that, you know, it's interesting, Michelle, because with your joy, it's so needed right now. Just, mm-hmm. like, it is so needed. Like, when I watched your video, I was like, oh, I want more of that. Oh, my God. You know, <laughs> because of the time right now, too, just literally, yeah. like, put it out there with the pandemic. Like, there's a lot of people who are not in joy and I have my moments. I go up and down. I don't know if it's so much joy. I have my moments of centeredness and then I have my low moments and then I have a high moment, but like the joy is palpable. So it's really a service even more now. I love that. And what we're doing too is we're creating a partner page where we can have the wellness team family all come together. And that's how it all started. People would say, they're like, why are you so happy? And it's because I put together, you know, the best team of doctors. I didn't just go with one doctor. I think it's inhumane to expect a doctor to handle all of me. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a handful. I mean, I'm I'm playing big in, in they this life. They know. It's like I'm not settling for anything. And so we put together this wellness team family, and we put together the top doctors on the planet. I mean, I've got Ian who's my biochemist, who's going to be uh, coming on the show uh, every Tuesday. He'll start every Tuesday and, and talking about this is healing modalities. And when you own your wellness and when you can say, you know what, I'm making the decision on what's best for me, the act of doing that, you fall in love with yourself. And I can honestly say, you know, when I get to the pearly gates, which I think it's going to be, you know, when I'm 108, you know, but when I get to the pearly gates, you know, I'm, I did everything impossible to create joy in my life. So much so I created this podcast, this show, so my girlfriends could come on and nothing scripted, you know, we're just shooting the shit. <laughs> I mean, really just talking about it and, you know, and it's okay. It's okay to have those, you know, nasty thoughts, not okay to keep having those thoughts and to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Yeah. I love it. Well, with that, we are going to rock it into some music. Thank you, Brenda. Oh. Love this. Ricky. Brenda, tell us who this is. Ricky Byers Beckwith. Ricky Byers Beckwith. Stoppy, beautiful, absolutely beautiful. That's just so funny if we have that connection. Oh, yeah. Woo! 
Brenda, thank you. Brenda, thank you. Thank you.